I'm Sara Fernandez and this is SEO in 2023. Sara, what is your number one SEO tip for 2023? So as SEOs, we need to stay on top of UX best practices. So rather than talking about search engine optimization, starting in 2023, we should embrace the term search experience optimization or SXO. This combines SEO and user experience, and in fact, SEO shouldn't exist without UX anymore, as well as UX shouldn't exist uh, without SEO. Okay, so are you saying that if we do this series again, then I need to bin the term SEO in 2024, and we need to be talking about SXO in 2024? Yes, correct. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We need to and understand that, well, we are all familiar with uh, Google's Scope Web Vitals and performance metrics like LCP, FID, CLS. They focus on user experience, uh, but from a technical standpoint. Um, but a website is more than that. It's a puzzle with many pieces, uh, things like UI design, accessibility, inclusive design. All these uh, make up the user experience, and we should be aware of them as SEOs as well. We need to care about the look and feel uh, and some improvements uh, that may not be considered a ranking factor per se, but that are still good for the user. Um, if we are seeing that something is positive from all the data that we have, both quantitative, qualitative, from all the user testing, all the interviews, all the feedback we have from users and also from colleagues. Uh, we should still prioritize um, those improvements, even if it's not a ranking factor. Okay, great. So what are some of the UX best practices that SEOs need to be aware of? So it's important that we take into consideration uh, cognitive biases. We all have them and it's important that we we are aware of them. So what would be an example of one of them? There's a long list uh, that you can like, there are so, so many and also the different UX laws, uh, bond restore flow. Um, There are so many UX principles, usability principles that you can find. You should also uh, bear in mind all the research that UX teams do, like um, UX research, uh, all the user testing, uh, because many times we tend to prioritize quantitative data, but qualitative data uh, is also very, very important when uh, making uh, good decisions. Okay, okay. How do you measure the impact of qualitative versus quantitative? Because SEOs have been used to being quite precise with their data in the past. So it's important that we um, also uh, engage in, well, when it's our teams do usability testing, it's important that we have access to all of this. Um, So whenever uh, UX teams or we also, we could also eventually do it, uh, use platforms like Hotjar or Crazy Egg to understand how users navigate and scroll through our websites. It's important that we have access to this data that is more descriptive, but also we should get in touch with teams like customer service teams that have access to um, our users, feedback, clients, feedback, all of this. It's hard to measure and it's a relatively new field, especially when we talk about, well, um, SEO plus UX, uh, but it can, it might be a bit difficult to, to measure because we tend to measure things quantitatively. And when it comes, when it comes to qualitatively, uh, we try to like come up with uh, numbers, percentages. It's not always easy, but uh, we can, it's very important that we take into account uh, the feedback that, that we get from, from users. 
Understood, understood. I just wanted to have a quick look um, to see what um, examples of cognitive biases were, because um, I couldn't think off the top of my head. So things like the hindsight bias, the confirmation bias, um, things like refusing to listening, uh, listen to the opposite side. So I, I'm just trying to think of in practice what what this would mean for something like creating content on a web page. So to try to ensure that um, you, you didn't actually fall into the traps um, of these biases, what would be something that you could do to content on a web page or research in order to create content on a web page to try to be a little bit, I guess, more all appealing to your target market? So I think it's very important that we take into account the market that we're uh, communicating, well, the target. Uh, so for example, I'm writing this piece of content to for a Canadian audience. So we should be aware of all the cultural biases, for example, in this case. Uh, we all have biases, so sometimes it can be difficult to fight them. Rather than fighting them, we should accept them, understand them, and try to avoid any kind of misunderstanding as much as we can and any kind of cultural differences. Try to make sure that everything is clear for that target audience and that we're using the right words. So if there's a word that for a market would mean one thing and for another market would mean a different thing, we should try to, to avoid that as well. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, you're writing for different countries as well. And um, I'm a native English speaker, but um, I grew up in the UK. However, English isn't the same across the world. And if I see English written perhaps for another country, perhaps targeting the US, then maybe certain phraseology might turn me off, might make me think that's not targeted at me because it's not written in a manner that is, is, is natural to me. Exactly. Okay, so... Pretty important stuff, but should every SEO be a search experience optimizer or there, is there not room in the SEO world for uh, other activities and, and not to have to worry about UX as well? So it's not that uh, we should aim to become experts in UX because at the end of the day, uh, most of us uh, work with uh, UX teams. So what matters, what really matters is that uh, we make sure that we communicate with UX teams and we have access to their work, their research. And if there's anything that uh, needs clarification, something that they've worked on that we don't understand, that we ask uh, the questions. It's useful to uh, know the basics. And luckily, there are so many resources online, most of them for free, uh, that we can check. Uh, so we have, for example, Nielsen Norman Group, UX Collective, the Interaction Design Foundation, so many associations that share information and have courses as well, ma many times for free. And so much information we can check that it's all, it's going to help us as SEOs and as SXOs uh, optimizers. Okay, great. I think one of the challenges that um, SEOs often face is that um, UX teams or design teams implement changes on the website that they think are better for users, uh, but may not necessarily be better for search engines. Um, so what are some typical mistakes that UX teams can make that actually have a negative impact on SEO? And what can SEO teams do to actually try to make sure that doesn't happen? Yeah, so that uh, actually happens uh, quite often uh, that UX teams may make uh, changes in the UI that, um, well, they may, 
for example, the H1s, H2s, all the headings and subheadings, maybe there are some issues because they may use them just to make the font bigger and all the structure, for example, uh, also the size of the images. This is something that could happen as well that uh, is not properly optimized. These are some issues that uh, are frequent. So I think it's important that uh, we make sure that uh, both UX and SEO teams are aware of best practices and that we communicate um, because at the end of the day, we're working towards the same goal. Uh, so yes, we both both teams need to be flexible and yeah, there'll be disagreements uh, along the way, but in the end, we're all, all, all of them are focusing on users and making sure that we give them the best experience. So should SEOs and UX actually be just one team? No, but I think that it's good that each team uh, keeps their independence because also there'll be things that we work on that not necessarily have uh, an impact on, let's say, the SU team may perform actions that are not that relevant for the UX team, but uh, it's important that we keep communications and that we are part of um, the same meetings. And yes, that communication is always there. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm trying to think of the process here and where UX actually fits into the production of things like content. Uh, I mean, I can understand, obviously, the importance of UX in the overall structure of the site, the navigation of the site. But what about when it comes to individual uh, articles or posts or perhaps even product sales pages. Um, should UX be involved in the early stages at the development of, the, of them and, and perhaps even before the SEO team? Definitely. Um, it's very important, in fact, for content uh, because um, UX also uh, takes into consideration accessibility. So it's very, uh, for content, it's important that articles, well, that we focus on readability, but not only that uh, on the structure, the way we split sentences, but also the language that we use, that when we talk about accessibility, we are also talking about the words that we use, making sure that just any user will understand that we're what we're talking about, that we avoid certain words that may be a little bit too technical for that audience or that we explain what those words mean. So UX can also help uh, for content for sure, because yeah, it's about making sure that the content can be understood and, and easy easily uh, consumed. So, so what, what would be the ideal process? I mean, would an SEO come up with a basket of target keyword phrases for a page, perhaps suggestions for a page title, maybe headings, uh, and then pass that over to the UX team to ask them to provide in input for the structure of the page? Is that when the UX team should be involved, do you think? I believe that in this case, the SEO team would work with content. And once the content is done, the UX team could provide some guidelines, could um, check the content. And if there's anything that is not clear, they could help the because it's possible that those, for example, accessibility guidelines that I was discussing about, they cannot see that, they cannot predict all the content that is going to be developed. So once the content is uh, produced, it's easier to spot those issues and, and fix them. 
Okay, so that's good to know. So the UX team don't necessarily have to be involved at the very beginning of individual pieces of content, but it's good practice to actually pass the final piece of content over to them to review for areas like accessibility that SEOs may not necessarily know about. Yeah, correct. Great. Well, you've shared what SEOs should be doing in 2023, so now let's talk about what SEOs shouldn't be doing. So what's something that's seductive in terms of time, but ultimately counterproductive? What's something that SEOs shouldn't be doing in 2023? So we should stop working in silos. It's very counterproductive for SEO success when teams don't communicate enough. Um, and we need to make sure that we keep communications with any relevant teams. In this case, for example, we were talking about UX teams, but also any other marketing teams, content, engineering, any team that if we make changes, um, their work could be affected and everybody should have visibility of what's done and yeah, any anything that, that we change because perhaps we think, oh yeah, this is not going to affect this team, but perhaps it is because we are not aware that they're working on that same project or that it can also have some implications, uh, for example, um, for the UX team or yes. So I think it's important that we establish a clear communication and that yes that we because at the end we're, we're all working towards the same goal yeah um, great piece of advice uh, it's easy to think that um, you can just focus on your own thing it would be quicker just to get whatever you need to get done done but um, if you don't perhaps share what you're intending to do to make some changes to your website to produce new pieces of content, then perhaps you're not aware that other areas in the business are intending to do something similar and maybe you can actually work as a team and produce something even more effective together. You wouldn't have duplicate pieces of content and on and on and on. <laughs> exactly. Sarah Fernandez is an international SEO consultant and you can find her over at sarah-fernandez.com. Sarah, thanks so much for being part of SEO in 2023. Thank you very much, David. It was a pleasure. Get your copy of SEO in 2023, the book, over at seoin2023.com.